Blue Wire. Think about Lawrence. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott dodged the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 163 of Press Pass. Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. And the draft is a wrap, I would say, for the most part. A pretty fun draft in Las Vegas. I don't know how it could ever be boring. You know what I really enjoy, Joshua, uh, before you let me know about your fashion picks? I kind of liked how the design of this NFL draft was because they they brought in like the pinks and the teals because in yeah. Las Vegas it's kind of fun and you can use the colors to emphasize everything. So I liked I liked the look of it for the most part. Yeah, and they you know they brought in some of the neon, um, yes. which was really cool. Like Ohio State social media team really went all in on the neon. I um, loved that when announcing the picks, which I thought was great, but I agree with you. Color scheme was phenomenal. How could it not be? Um, it just, and it looked like just, it looked like somewhere you wanted to be. The strip always looks great on TV. Like when right. they get the aerial shots, it's like, oh my gosh. But then um, I thought that the broadcast teams did a phenomenal job of playing up the fact that they were in Vegas and really yep. capturing that type of vibe. Um and that also comes from the fact that I thought the the folks on the the broadcast, for the most part, were very fashionable too. I thought so uh, too. You know, like I was watching NFL Live on ESPN, and I thought the whole crew, from Dan, just kind of a simple look, but he had um, the shorter pants with the no socks, so it really gave you that vibe. To um, you know, Ryan Clark always looks pretty good. Um, Laura Rutledge does a great job anyway, but like yep. Swagoo even looked like he was enjoying it. You know, sitting back with the sunglasses on. Um, it, was, it was awesome. And I thought um, the ESPN ABC broadcast as well as NFL Network did a phenomenal job of highlighting the young men that were being selected throughout the draft too. What I like about now the variety of broadcasts we get for the NFL draft is that it really caters to everybody's tastes. So some yep. people like the more college aspect of the draft where they're telling the stories of these young men who have gotten to where they are now and so it's more of like the college background of of how they've gotten there which you can see on abc that's kind of what they do there and then if you go to espn it's more so the analytical like what these guys are going to contribute to and now that they're you know, going to be in the league. And then the NFL network, if, if you watch the NFL network, they kind of have their different way of doing it because they have different talents as well. So what I love about it now is, and I kind of switch back and forth mm-hmm. because it really does cater to everybody's tastes and what they want to see or hear from a broadcast. And I think that's great because a, you can do it because it's the NFL draft and there's enough eyes on it. It's really yeah. It really just takes over the weekend when it comes to sports and maybe just people who don't even love sports. They just like to watch to see because it's appealing to the eye most of the time. 
I'm with you on that. And especially for folks like us um, and, you know, you specifically, like the Titans make a selection. You can flip back and forth to hear what either broadcast yeah. is talking about to get a little bit more baseline on a guy that maybe you're unfamiliar with in the later rounds. Like um, it's it's kind of cool to be able to, you know, have somebody literally giving you that information. But you could go to different sources because, you know, it's going to be a variety. Um, it is a super engaging weekend. Like, I don't know. Well, you probably ended up watching a majority of it because of what you oh, did yeah. for work. Like, yeah. I don't know how many people watch as much of it as yeah. we did, but if you decided to just toss it on, just like in the afternoon because nothing else was on, you would still feel like it was a pretty good broadcast. Like you would be engaged with it. It's not boring to sit there and watch the later rounds of the draft. Like they really do make it fun. Yeah, they do. And what makes it really fun for the first night, because that's when really I that's think people, people are excited are about it, right? Yes. Yeah, and it's just everything that comes along with it. So you have before the actual draft, you have the red carpet where mm-hmm. you get to see all the fashion, which is always a favorite thing for me because I do love fashion so much, and I just like to see how people push the envelope sometimes, especially when you can, and for this draft, it was in Las Vegas. So you could kind of put on maybe a little more crazy of a a suit or something that is a little bit more loud than what you would wear, let's say in Cleveland or something like that. And then, you know, of course you have the night where these guys are selected and they get to come up on stage, the ones that are there and they have that moment to themselves too. So I will ask you, because this is, one of our favorite parts of the draft about the style, because I am actually really interested to see what you liked. What were your favorite looks, Joshua? Okay. So um, I'm going to, I think I got to give you top five. Like it's hard for me to okay. narrow it down. Okay. So now I'll, I'll go pretty quick here. Number one, uh, and this is in no specific order, like sauce Gardner, the mm-hmm. blue, Mm-hmm. was just it's it's an immaculate shade of blue Love that um, shade. but the freaking ice though the the chains the iced out watch um yeah did that add amazing. like 20 more pounds to him it, it had to and, right? and i mean he was rocking it with confidence and i get it like under recruited small school guy who played in the college football playoff this year and is going to be a top five draft pick like you deserve to wear all the jewelry yeah. um but he looked phenomenal Kayvon Thibodeau really liked his look. It was very reserved, like black tuxedo. Mm -hmm. And then boom, he hits you with the jewels on the lapel and around the pocket. Um, Really did a great job with the jewelry, in my opinion, as well, because his was a little bit more understated, but he was definitely iced out. Big fan of what he did there. Moving right on along to my guy, Garrett Wilson, out of Ohio State. He was going to go there. The color block, it's like, yep. it's it's a throwback. He had the double-breasted deal going on, which a lot of guys were rocking the double-breasted jackets. And I have two or three suits with the double-breasted jackets because it's in. Yeah. It's in. Um, it's back. But this is like giving me peak 90s vibes with the color oh, block yeah. and the double-breasted. And double the Prada breasted. boots. Yes. Did and, you see and, the Prada boots? Yes, I did. And they were fly. But this is, this is the detail that got me, is okay. he was wearing pearl necklaces. Yeah, he, he is. Had, 
he's got the pearl necklace oh, going. Yeah, and see, yeah. mm-hmm. I said to Madison, I'm like, I'm like, see, I told you, and I said this to her probably like seven months ago. I'm like, man, I want to rock a pearl necklace. And she's like, oh, you can't do that. She's like, you would look so goofy <laughs> wearing a pearl necklace. And then Garrett goes up there and he he's wearing and three it. of them. So what'd she and I'm say? like, I'm like, Maddie, so Garrett can wear three of them and I can't even wear one. And she was like, she's like, are you about to be a top 10, a top 10 pick in the draft? And I was like, damn. So she No, but you're on your own show. <laughs> yeah. National TV show. You're Valley um, on the Valley. Come on now. <laughs> right. So we had a, a, a nice back and forth on that. And then um, my final one is N'Kobe Dean. Um, yes. yes. It's, it's, not, it's not so much that like, like the other looks, maybe not Kayvon Thibodeau's too much. Like I could see myself maybe like trying out these other looks. I could, I could do the pink. Mm-hmm. You're not going to catch me with the harness on. And that hat was giving me big like Andre 3000 Cam Newton vibes. But he like rocked that. He I'm really sorry. If you can wear pink it. and you're a man, because that was my, remember last year when I yes. can't remember who wore the pink. I completely was there for it. You weren't as much for the look, but anytime you can wear pink as a man and, and, and really rock it, like it's going to be in my top five. It just is. Oh, absolutely. And, and the Kobe Dean rocked it. Like the whole fit was, it was a vibe. Um, certainly it was not for me. Um, right. But like I would I would wear the pink. I just couldn't do all the other details. But like even the shoes, like a lot of guys are not going to wear tennis shoes necessarily on the red carpet. But even the shoes work and in the back of it, you've got like the little pink on the on the the, the back portion of the, the tennis shoe that he has. It's just a little to do spotage it. of pink. I thought that that was a really good look. I I agree with you. Nicobe Dean was in my top five. Um, Patrick Sertan was the one wearing the pink suit last Patrick year. Patrick Sertan. I just, I don't know why I was so drawn to that suit. I so, I love pink though. Like a yeah, light pink, like a blush. And, and his was definitely more of a blush. Like, yep. you know, Nicobe's was like, you know what I'm saying? Like Pat Sertan's yep. was a little bit more like understated, a little more muted. Um, it's a great look. And, and last year, if you remember on the red carpet, um, it was about the the button that was like yes. connected by a hook and wasn't like fully buttoned because a lot of guys were doing that. That's or right. it was about the belt right at the waistline yep. because a couple guys were doing that. Um, the lapels were a little bit wider and non-traditional. And a lot of guys were wearing brooches last year. Um, That's right. Which a couple guys were wearing them this year. But I mean... We, what we should do now, since we've been doing this for a few years, <laughs> is we got to start, like, tracking the different fashion trends year Seriously. by year on the red carpet. Man, I think, Joshua, <laughs> we should just, wherever, I can't remember where the draft is next year, we should just go out for our freaking podcast and just do, like, what, the first day, just do the fashion segment. Like, do all of the fashion, and that's, like, what we'll just focus on for the, you know, red carpet in day one, and... You could just follow us for all of the latest in fashion in the NFL. I think think we would actually have a lot of people tune in. And I I know we could dress the part too. That's the thing. Like whatever we (laughs) wear, we would totally pay. (laughs) Like we would, we would play into everything. Absolutely. No, we'd set the tone. We might might have to talk about that. I can't remember where the draft is next year, but shit, I'd pay for myself to get down there. I'm serious. I'd be like, that would be one of the coolest things to do. Plus, between the two of us, we know enough people, right? Yeah, we do. I mean, Kansas City, Missouri. It's in Kansas City? 
<laughs> You've got to be joking me. The draft is it. Why did I not know this? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> one is, thing I'll say, it's not, close to both of us, though. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm getting ready to look up uh, how long it would take to drive there. I mean, there. you know what might be fashionable for us is to have the best coats in the business if it's in Kansas City. We might have to yeah. have, like, the whole winter gear because it's still cold, I feel like, in Kansas I know. City. Oh, Dude, that's, that's an eight-hour drive. I ain't doing that. That's an eight-hour drive? Yeah, I'm hopping on a plane. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to get in your private jet, Joshua. Not the PJ. <laughs> um, that's interesting. That's that's a whole nother story we'll have to talk about. Kansas City. Okay, so I'm going to give a couple of mine because I agree with you on, on a couple of yours. I don't know why, but for some reason, I just thought Jermaine Johnson really pulled off his look because most of the time, I would probably say any type of pattern in any such way, I'm not a huge fan always of on, especially men, but for some reason, this, you know, gold yellow jacket with the pattern that he had with the black, it was somewhat like bold, but in a way, the way that it fit was really simple. And I just really liked it in Vegas. I thought if there's anything that you can wear it to and be comfortable doing it. It's Vegas and it's a fashion risk, but I just thought he looked great in it. So it's a difficult look. I agree. Um, You hit the biggest point. I think that it was tailored perfectly. Like everything was cut, right? Yeah. The lapels are the perfect width. Like the pants are tailored. And then he did the smart thing is he let the jacket be the statement and he didn't try to throw a tie on. He didn't try to do any other colors except for black with it, like black shirt, black pants, black shoes. Like he let the jacket be the jacket. Yep, exactly. And that's what we were saying, right? We knew there was going to be some fashion risks because it was Vegas. And if you keep it just simple in the way that it fits and whatever statement you're putting out there, you know, you don't need to overdo it. And I just thought he did a nice job of doing that. If he was going to do it, that's the way to do it. Um, Now, I don't know overall look if it was my favorite, but what I do always love is a bold color, and you just can't beat red sometimes. I just feel like red always pops, and if anybody was going to wear it, you know, any kind of shade of red, it would be Jameson Williams, obviously, going to Alabama. Wasn't that a really good look? I mean, just a beautiful shade of red. And obviously, he had all the ice to go along with it. I loved this one headline, in red, white, and blue. I was like, okay, I like that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the word beautiful is actually a great word to describe it. Like, that shade of red, like, I don't know what it is, but it's like, it's such a statement, but it's not overstated it's just like so good again his tailoring is phenomenal here and then i don't know if you can see but he's actually got uh the vest underneath it yes Um, so he's wearing the three-piece which is a hot look but he's doing it without having the tie on he's doing the invisible tie um which a lot of these guys uh were not wearing ties which i can appreciate i do Um, too you want to be comfortable But um, I'm a big fan of the invisible tie because what you what you've seen is a lot of these um, shirts, either guys wearing um, like T-shirts underneath 
or guys wearing like the um, the band collar or the Mandarin collar, um, which is the collar that doesn't like fold over. It just like comes up a couple inches on your neck. And he's wearing just like a traditional collar, unbuttoned, invisible tie look like it's really clean. Yeah, I, I, I really liked it. That's a great way to describe that. See, you, you definitely get into the details, Joshua, where I, I'm I, learning something here about men's I could, fashion. I could truly be like a fashion analyst. You really uh, could. You, I, I, mean, I really could. I mean, I, I could see maybe doing like the e-network as some freelance work for you in the future. Listen, you know? I, I love jobs, and I, I and I, I like love jobs. So. <laughs> I like jobs too. So anybody listening, if you have a job opening, I, I'm I, I I do about eighteen things, and half of it's for free. So yeah, if you got yeah. an opening, I'm willing to uh, to take it if it makes me a little bit of extra cash. Just saying. Um, and then I would agree with you, Joshua. I think. There was something about Kayvon Thibodeau when he went um, – I was watching the NFL Network at the time for the red carpet, and when he went to go interview uh, with Melissa Stark, and I can't remember who she was with, uh, I for some reason it just really stood out to me. I was like, that's that just looks really clean. And then I saw, like, the rubies, the ruby crystals, and he was in Dolce & Gabbana, if you're wondering. Mm. Um, he, was, he had those ruby crystals, and I was like, something about that just looked – I don't know if I would like that on every human being, but for some reason he really pulled off the look and then he had like the glasses to go along with it. Yeah, and if you in the bow tie, and if you've ever heard him speak and you know his personality, I mean he's like just of a different sort. Like mm-hmm. he he could literally, if he did not want to play in the NFL, he could leave college and go be on any type of broadcast and yep. fit right in. Yeah. Like he's that no, good. I mean, yeah. He it's it was a full thing. And then like, even the haircut for him, he had the part going down. Yeah. Uh, the side. I like that. Yeah. It's like classic look. Um, dude really, I think he, he kind of understood the assignment um, I think so, for who he is, because I think you're right. Like there aren't, I don't know if there were three other guys on the red carpet who could have pulled that look off. Exactly. See, and that's what I appreciate about people taking fashion risks because I think people who really know fashion know what they can and can't pull off. And Mm -hmm. if you know you can rock a look that maybe other people couldn't rock and might poo-poo you for wearing, and then you go out and rock it and people are like, whoa, that actually kind of looks good. I could never pull that off, and it probably wouldn't look good on this person. But for some reason, you make me like it just because, like, it fits you. That's Mm -hmm. what fashion's all about. Knowing what you can wear. Boom end of discussion that's what it's about right that's that's what it's always been about like you know they always say like there's fashion rules and they're meant to be broken you know and exactly um the one thing that and i love reading gq magazine but the one thing they always talk about too is like hey everything's a suggestion like you got to be the one wearing it this is exactly you exactly and i know you've probably done this before uh, you're, you're getting ready for an event or something, or you're planning for, I don't know, some, something that you're doing in terms of like vacation, you've got something there that you want to wear a certain outfit for. I'll try on like a few different things and I'll think I'm going to wear something. And I'm like, Nope, just not comfortable enough in it. Like mm-hmm. not, not going to be able to rock it. Like I know I can. And that's just, something's just come together, right? Like you put some things on and you're like, okay, I could totally rock this and feel confident in it. Then you go out and rock it and people are like, Oh yeah, that looks good. But if you don't feel yes. confident in it, don't even try. Don't That's even try. 
Like right? people can smell the fear. Exactly. When you're wearing an outfit that you're like, I'm not sure how this one's going to hit. But when you just go out there and you say, listen, I am who I am. This is what I like to wear. Exactly. Then, then you'll pull it off. I'll have one example before we move on. I kind of have to brag about this one, Joshua. I'll, I'll see what you have to say about this. So when I went to Scottsdale in March, you obviously dress up when you go out in Scottsdale. Like it's, right. it's a very fashionable city. It's, you know, you go out, you go to clubs, you're going to the W. Like you got to look good. It's high rollers there. So um, the first night, I, I, we didn't do anything crazy big, but I wore a really cute outfit, the two-piece outfit. I don't usually rock that, but when I feel confident, I'll, I'll rock something like that. But then the second night, like us girls, we don't always want to wear heels. It just, mm-hmm. it, I mean, our feet just can't live up to the, the hype all night long of heels. And for some reason, like that night, I just did not want to wear heels. And so I had this you know, dress on that I was like, you know, I brought heels to wear with it. But I asked my girls, I'm like, I just bought these new Converse. They're all white. They're kind of like a different, you know, they're, they're a little more fashionable or whatever. I was like, what if I just wear the Converse with this dress, you know? And they were like, yeah, like you could totally rock it. And I go, I don't know, guys, like, what do you think? And they're like, no, Kayla, it looks good. So we went out and we went to the W that night, which is a little bit more high roller. And I didn't know. I was like, you know, I feel confident, but I don't know if, if every girl that I ran into in the bathroom, oh, girl, this is such a great look. My husband would love <laughs> She was like, my husband would love that you're wearing like these sneakers with this. And I was like, OK, OK, I pulled it off. You know, when you got other girls that are giving you compliments that you don't know, I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's like the one it. it's like, <clears throat> for guys, like, we'll gas each other up all day. Yeah. But it's like, if you are a woman and you've got women you don't even know coming up to you. Right. Talking about, you know, whatever part of your outfit or the whole ensemble or whatever the detail, because, you know, women got the eye for it, too. Like, that's when you know you killed it. Exactly. So I was like, okay, this is the, this is sometimes you got to just believe in yourself. So that was a teaching moment for me. Now I just know, okay, your friends say it looks good. It does. Um, so let's get into some draft talk really quick. Joshua, Mm -hmm. for you, the, I guess the best moment of the draft, just in terms of maybe even where somebody went that was a fit and then maybe the biggest surprise. Okay. So, um, talk a couple of couple of fits that I really appreciate. It's going to be Big Ten guys, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot of people think Jahan Dotson at 16 was a reach for Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he would go in the 20s. We had talked about him, though. I, I was super high on him coming in. Like, yeah. that was one of my favorite prospects. So definitely like that. George Karloftis at 30 to Kansas City. Like, yes, I'm glad he did not slide into the second round. He's going to be in a great spot. He can play, um, you know, uh, basically – over top of the tackle um, in a five technique and the outside shoulder instead of playing on an edge and a wide nine all the time. And I think that's going to be a great fit for him. In the second round, Jaquan Brisker to um, Chicago. Absolutely love that. Cannot stand. Did you hear about what the Chicago scout said? No. So uh, they were talking about Jaquan Brisker. Okay. Um, and, and he's uh, safety out of Penn State. Absolutely love the guy. think he's a great player. He's got versatility, hard hitter, uh, sharp guy. Um, got to meet him a couple of times during the season. Like, yeah. I really was a fan of his. The Chicago scout said that this guy is what we call a PhD. Poor 
hungry and desperate. What? Yeah, to describe how football is his life and he's, you know, like he's totally invested because this is the only thing he has. And I hate that type of rhetoric. What? Yeah. So I feel bad for the guy because I, I think he's got a lot more to offer than being yeah. born hungry and desperate. He's a great human um, who's also a phenomenal football player. So I, I hope he's successful there. That just really bothered me. Yeah, um, that bothered me too. And then uh, Boye Mafe, the uh, yes. edge rusher out of Minnesota to Seattle. Phenomenal yes. pick. the Seahawks. Um, yes. And then I'll, I'll give you just two more picks and then one guy – uh, one moment that I really like. We talked about Hassan Haskins, you and I, over the week. Yes. Um, <laughs> love it. It's just everything love about it. Love it. Love it. And I love, love it. and I loved his Zoom interview. I was like, this guy is a great fit. Yeah. Yeah. He's that's that's one hundred percent it. Like he's he's gonna fit within the organization. I think it was really good value in the fourth round too. I thought he's I a, a really good running back. Um, so definitely appreciate that. And then Jeremy Ruckert, the Buckeye, to uh, yes. New York Jets. He's a, a New York kid, grew up rooting for the Jets. Um, he was tight end one or two on most people's big boards. He was TE1 on mine. So you feel like that's really good value in the third round for the Jets. And they great get value. the Jets actually cleaned up on dra- some value. Had a great draft. Yep. Yeah, because they got Garrett Wilson at 10. He, he could have gone. They could have picked him at four. He should have gone at eight yep. um, to Atlanta. And then they they get uh, Jermaine Johnson in the first round, who was a top 10 draft grade. Um, they got Brees Hall, who was running back one in the second round. I'm not going to go through their whole draft, but really good value there for them. Um, and then the moment for me was Connor Hayward getting drafted by the Steelers. Um, so he's playing with his brother, Cam. Yes. So Connor, you talked about that. Yes. Connor, Michigan state Spartan. So I got to work with him, uh, on a one-on-one interview when I was doing some stuff with BTN on campus uh, at Michigan state. And then I actually had him on the rally and got to interview him again, which was great. And um, we, his agent is the same agent I had when I was playing ball. So um, I've gotten to know him oh, cool. and I know cam a little bit cause he's a Buckeye, but I asked him the question leading up to the draft. I said, would you rather play with your brother in Pittsburgh or would you rather play against your brother? And he's like, well, my whole family's from Pittsburgh. Like I was the only one not born in Pittsburgh. And he's like, you know, I feel like I could learn so much from my brother and I love the organization. He's like, I'd be happy to be anywhere. He said, but it would be really cool to play with my brother. And then he gets drafted to the Steelers. I thought that was an awesome moment. That is, those are the kind of stories that I am so here for. I love when that kind of stuff like works out. It's, it's crazy how it does sometimes work out that way. Cause it, it's, it's not often that you hear stories no. like that where it kind of becomes a story tell a story book kind of situation. Yes. I mean, what, what are the chances, right? No, seriously. Like what are the chances? And I mean, it's just like all the way through, like what are the chances a set of brothers are going to be playing in the league? And what are the chances that they're both going to be there at the same time? And there's a huge age difference between Connor and Cam. Uh, Cam left Ohio state, I believe. His last year was like 2010. Um, oh, so like wow. he's been in the for a long time. God, yeah. I didn't realize that they were that yeah. far apart. Yep. And then the fact that like, you know, their family has a history in Pittsburgh too. Like yeah. this is amazing. That is, I, and I was, I was really interested to see, hear the full story. Cause you told me about this over the weekend. Like I'm going to share a story. Um, so yeah. that's, that's really cool. And I, and I do have to add one because we, I tweeted at you when this happened 
because I instantly was like, oh my gosh, Joshua, David Bell, your guy out of Purdue, drafted by the Cleveland Browns, 99 overall. Wasn't that great? Yeah, I mean, he's a Midwest guy. He's from Indiana. He played at Purdue. He's going to be playing for Cleveland. And I talked about this guy. I said he shouldn't slide too far. You know, there's going to be some people that had questions about um, he didn't test well and he's not an explosive athlete. But the dude was Big Ten wide receiver of the year. He was getting covered by the same guys that covered Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Jahan Dotson, who were all top 16 picks. And he was the one who won the award out of the whole group. He was Big Ten freshman of the year when he first came into the league. The dude can ball. And so I think that he was drafted in the right spot, and now he's going to be catching balls from Deshaun Watson. Like, (laughs) congratulations, young man. So cool. I loved that. Um, I'm going to pick your brain while I have you here, and I know Titans fans will appreciate this, because overall I thought the Titans had an absolute, absolutely great draft. I mean, really, (laughs) when you look at the overall product, I thought it was – one of the best that I've seen from John Robinson since I got here in 2017. Uh, Just a really great variety, but you know, the headliner was clearly night one when the Titans decided to trade away their wide receiver one, AJ Brown, who is still only 24 years old um, to move up to 18 and draft Arkansas wide receiver Traylon Burks. So I have to ask you, you were watching probably. Did you see this all go down? And what were your initial thoughts on just what, I guess, transpired? So we, I think we talked about this literal scenario yeah. of the Titans making the trade, which mm-hmm. they did. And I think you and I both agree, like, there's pros and cons to making that trade. Yep. Um, you know, that's an expensive wide receiver in A.J. Brown. He wanted to get paid. Titans said, you know, I don't know if we're willing to do this. And so they sent him somewhere where he could get paid, which is the right thing to do. Um, and they said, we're going to go out and get a cheaper young receiver who we think can replace that production. And so they go with Traylon Burks, who is a guy who we had talked about. We did. And, um, you know, there's definitely a couple of limitations to his game just mm-hmm. based off of like his physical size, but you are getting basically the same type of player and you're getting him on a rookie deal. Right. Uh, and so I think the the mechanics behind it, it makes perfect sense if you're the Titans. Um, and they drafted a lot of other great pieces as well. Um, so I, I really like what they ended up doing. Okay. One of the pieces you know well, and we've talked about him before on Press Pass because you've brought up his name. And after one interview with him, I was like, he's probably going to be my favorite rookie. Um, that is Nicholas Petit Frere, offensive Mm -hmm. lineman out of Ohio State. He pretty much, like, gave us a tour of his entire room and told us, like, every background from high school to, like, I thought he was a motivational speaker at points of his Zoom call. I I could not be more impressed with this young man, and I really do think, because he seems like such a team guy and willing to just learn and, and be be there to do whatever he needs to do. I think he could start on the right side for the Titans. Yeah. So um, impressive would be the word for him. He is a a really good football player, obviously like dude is physical. He moves extremely well for a big guy. Um, He's sharp as a tack though. 
like Dang. the dude is he is he is so smart um and he is a team guy like he there's not a lot of recognition coming for offensive line no and he embraces that and he embraces just doing the dirty work and he doesn't need a pat on the back um he just needs to know that he did his job um and that's that's really it and that's like literally the guys that Vrabel loves too we keep talking about fit and, and guys yeah. that belong in the system but like you know you've been around Vrabes covering the team yep. and uh, I played for him for two years at Ohio State like the dude is really demanding and he yeah. likes things done a certain way and you have to have a certain personality um, to be able to really work uh, with Vrabes. And I think that he, from the guys that I'm familiar with in this draft, I think that he got some guys that really fit that mold. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, him and John Robinson are like super aware of what it takes to be a Titan. Um, exactly. And I'm, I'm excited, honestly, for Vrabes. Like this is, I mean, like, this is a really good class and we saw what the Titans were able to do, you know, in, in the AFC, just in general, but like, you know, <laughs> like they got a real opportunity in their division again. They, um, they do. So this yeah. is, this is, this is great. One more question about this. What did you think about Malik Willis slipping in the Titans, taking him where they did late uh, with the second pick in the third round for them? Um, okay. So, I'm just curious because a lot of Titans fans are thrilled about this, but obviously that's because they're hating on Ryan Tannehill right now. Yeah. And I think Tannehill has got, you know, maybe a year or two left in him where he can do what he did a year yeah. ago. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that's, you know, you're in a better spot than a lot of teams with the quarterback. Uh, sure. Obviously he's not a long-term answer. Obviously he's not, you know, going to be the best quarterback in the league, but he's, he's going to do things to make sure you don't lose games. Right. Right. Um, Malik Willis, to me, was quarterback one in this class, but we had talked about how um, how bad this quarterback class was. Yes. And uh, Kenny Pickett goes to Pittsburgh in the first round. Not surprising. And, uh, you know, you felt like, okay, well, then maybe the Seahawks are going to make a move early yeah. on in that second round. Um, you know, people had talked about the Giants maybe making a move to go get a quarterback because they did not uh, pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. Like, there were some teams, but, you know, the, the I think Desmond Ritter went to Atlanta before. Yes. Uh, Malik Willis was picked. Like, it was a little bit shocking. Um, Malik Willis, developmental quarterback. And um, I think this is a really good opportunity because he's going to have a year or two to yes. get reps and to learn and to ask questions and to develop his skill set. Um, I think this could end up being one of the draft diamonds. Like yeah. for Malik Willis, it stinks because I think his value was higher than a third round pick. And I think a lot of draft analysts would agree with that. Um, but I also think in the long run, this could be one of the greatest things for his career because he's not going to be expected to play right away and be productive right away. Well, and if anything, you're going to an organization that, you know, in, in my eyes is is a great group of people. You're supported um, by your teammates because it's a certain culture that has been built, like we talked about um, with John Robinson and Mike Frable. Everybody's really supportive. I mean, every single player is is kind of supportive of one another, whether you roll with that crowd or not. When it comes down to it, that's your teammate. I think that he will have a really good environment to grow and learn in, and it's just now what he's willing to make of it. I think that's what it comes down to. So for me, I thought it was a great pick because John Robinson said he was the best player available on our draft and we took him. I mean, and it was kind of like, 
you can't lose in this situation. The worst thing that comes out of it, he, he doesn't become your starter. Okay, cool. Right. Uh, the best thing, he could be one of the gems for the future uh, that That's develops. So. so I want to talk about real quick before we get out of here, um, in terms of a team who drafted really poorly, and it was shocking to me. Mm-hmm. New England Patriots, yeah. awful draft. Yep, awful. And Bad. It's, it's kind of wild to me because I had talked about this on the rally with the draft class looking the way it was, it was heavy edge, really good offensive line, heavy on wide receivers, but like some of the other positions, tight ends, quarterbacks, running backs, linebacker, I think was deep, but it wasn't top heavy in terms of this class. Like, you know, it, it, it would put teams who needed, who felt like they had glaring needs in a bind. Yeah. And so I'm like, your philosophy in this draft, if you're a GM should be, if you're, if your need is, cornerback uh safety or your need is wide receiver edge offensive line to draft based off a need and i think the patriots did that in their first round but they went off the board and took a guy who had like a second or third round grade for their first round pick the kid out of chattanooga yeah yeah and it's like that is a scenario where you literally say we're drafting at the end of the first round we're either going to trade out of this and get more capital if anybody wants to trade uh, and back into the first round or We're drafting best available. You're not drafting on need at pick 29 or whatever they were in the first round. That's that's bad business. Um, and they reached in the second round for a receiver that is super fast, but he is raw. Like, I don't Very like raw. anything they did. Yep. I don't like anything. I thought they had probably the worst draft. I thought, you know, with Bill Belichick. And you do question sometimes their drafts aren't always like the sexiest. I will say that, but they usually get some value there. This is just a freaking toss up. Like I'm going, what, what was Bill present? Was he in the draft room? Like what, what is going on? So yeah, I'd agree with you. I thought um, one of the best drafts was definitely the Baltimore Ravens. That's what I'll say about that. I thought they raked, right? Yep. And, um, you know, my guy, Kyle Hamilton, I had talked about yeah. him mm-hmm. ad nauseum leading up to the draft. I thought he was the best defensive player in the whole damn draft. Yep. So they get that guy. You look at what they did. Well, first off, trading Hollywood. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, yes, please. Yeah. Right. Um, so that ended up working out for them, too. And then you look at um, getting David Ojabo in the second round. And I don't yeah. know if I talked about him here or if I talked about him on the rally. I feel like we've that, talked about him here, but you probably did both to tell you the truth. Yeah. And because that's a guy that I liked and I'm like, you know, you he had the Achilles tear. Yeah. I'm like, you know, it's going to kill his draft stock, but that's a first round value. And so they get him in the second round and yeah. their defensive coordinator was Michigan's defensive coordinator a year ago. That's uh, right. Hello. Like, yep. yes, that's right. That perfect fit. Like for a guy who got hurt, leading up to the draft could not have been a better situation. I agree. I mean, that's those type of things I'm here for too, because like you said, you just never know what teams are going to think about guys that are coming off of injuries and specific injuries. I think all injuries vary in in how they look at someone. So this, this was a great situation. Really happy for him because I know you had brought him up definitely here and talking about that. So he's going to be a great player. No, I agree. I, I just overall, I thought it was a really great weekend in terms of the draft. And I, I this kind of this type of year just gets me so pumped up for the upcoming season, whether that be the NFL or college. 
I, I just feel like now we're starting to get the ball rolling, right? Like we're like, okay, yeah. it's right around the corner. Football season is, is coming here. It will be here soon. So the draft kind of kicks it all off for me. Definitely. Hey, you want to tease uh, something we got for next week? Yeah. That's so, what I was going to say. NIL, is that what we're talking about? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, you tease came it, across my friend. A little article on uh, Sports Illustrated. Uh, this morning, and we ended up having a lot more draft. I know, right? Imagine, which is great. <laughs> but um, we'll we'll dive back into NIL. I know it's been a topic we talk about yeah. on the show a lot, but this this article was like illuminating, just kind of on how it's really running right now. Yeah, and I think you folks will appreciate some of the perspective and the takes there. So I that's do too. Next week. Yeah, that is next week on Press Pass. Again, we got into a little more draft talk than than we expected, but that's why we love it on press pass. Cause we just go with the flow and hopefully you guys enjoy that as well. <laughs> and plus you can't go wrong with fashion talk. Hello. Come on. Everybody's got to be here for that. So Joshua, where can we go to follow you on social media? Um, you can follow me at RIP underscore J E P um, on my timeline. Um, my tag tweets are going to, you can see a lot of draft recap. Yeah. Um, whether that was on Big Ten Network or the rally, and you'll be able to catch this podcast, obviously. So any draft information you feel like you need, uh, recaps, grades, all that kind of stuff, check it out. It's on my time. He's got it for you. You can follow me at Kayla Anderson TV. Uh, we always appreciate you guys tuning in. If you don't subscribe and you're hearing this for the first time, please subscribe to Press Pass Podcast. We truly would appreciate it. Uh, we will be back here next week and we'll talk a little NIL and you know all the other good stuff that comes along with it take care guys